Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers are extremely banged up. They have a tough uh, part of their schedule coming up and they didn't take advantage of the softer part of their schedule. So you got to start wondering, so long as they stay uncompetitive, could Frank Vogel find himself in trouble? Listen to the Lakers' next, I don't know, stretch of games. They play tonight against Charlotte at home. Charlotte is a surprising team that can beat almost anybody on any given night. They play Miami, who has been arguably arguably the best team in the league so far. They play Minnesota, who opened well and have kind of stumbled lately. But again, given the fact, given the teams that the Lakers have lost to recently, can't take anybody for a... Uh, <laughs> for granted and then you have uh san antonio now though they might be playing without Pirtle, uh but still last time we saw san antonio it was a very close game chicago has been very good this year milwaukee is is a the returning champion uh and then and then you got boston who has been kind of a mess detroit not good new york has been pretty good and so what, what you're listening here is that like the lakers had a softer stretch of their schedule where you know you have four out of five against either Oklahoma City or Houston. And, you know, so far this year, they've played five teams that are at or above 500 currently, and they went two and three, right? Cleveland, they beat. uh, They beat Memphis. They've lost to Golden State, Phoenix, and Portland. And, you know, (laughs) that's the kind of teams that the Lakers are going to be facing for the next foreseeable future. And and if they continue to hit at a two out of every five stretch against teams like that, that's all right. But also, like, they're probably going to be playing without LeBron James for a little while. And Anthony Davis is dealing with the thumb thing and apparently a stomach thing now. And <laughs> it's just that it, they're still waiting on news from Kendrick Nunn or uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. And... You know, as these injuries mount, that might mean that the Lakers start getting less and less competitive. And if that competition continues to slip a little bit, then something's got to give. Something's going to have to change. And uh, it's a lot easier in the NBA nowadays to fire coaches. I'm not saying that Frank would deserve it. I, I disagree with some of the things that he does, but... I don't think he's the first person that has to go. And so long as the Lakers have so few trade trade chips, you can't just like wave people and not pick anybody else up. There's nobody else available currently to to really fix this roster. So, and and you know Rob Palinka isn't going anywhere. So what what does that leave, right? Can't change players at this stage of the season and you're not going to be able to change like Genie Bus is never going to want to fire Rob Palinka. Uh can't fire the pseudo GM and LeBron James, right? That's not happening. So what are your choices here? And it kind of harkens back to a point there or something I've brought up in previous years, that single year extension that they gave Frank over the off season. Normally when a coach gets a single year extension, it's because the team doesn't, that's, that's basically the Lakers announcing. We don't necessarily believe in this guy. Like that's contractually speaking, monetarily speaking, that is what they're announcing. That, uh, sure, this guy won a championship for us. 
Uh, just look at what happened to Mike Budenholzer after winning his championship, right? He went from somebody who was perpetually on the hot seat. Every year, it was like there was a clamoring for him to lose his job, wins a championship, and gets a four-year extension, I believe, is, is what it was. Maybe five. And in this case here with Frank Vogel, he wins a championship after not having been on the hot seat, uh, is the architect to some of the best defenses the league has seen since he took over with the Lakers, and he gets a single-year extension. And not only that, but he is saddled with a roster that he clearly doesn't like. Listen to this quote. When asked about the defense that the Lakers played the other night, Frank said, quote, We're struggling to contain quick, deep-shooting point guards with this year's personnel and the way we like to bring double teams. So we pulled back on it some, and those guys took advantage of it. I mean, before we pulled back on it, we weren't tough enough with our low man in our rotations, and we weren't containing with our guards in the trap well enough. So when neither one was happening, we pulled back into our base coverage, and that's risky against shooters like Dame and CJ, and they got uh, going a little bit. And at that point, we were down, and we just tried to junk the game up. Again, let's 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 listen to this first opening again. We're struggling to contain quick, deep shooting guards this year with this year's personnel and the way we like to bring double teams. I'm going to go ahead and highlight that again. With this year's personnel. So that's Frank and 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 by the way, Vogel is one of the nicest people in the league. Like he does not throw anybody under the bus under any circumstances. And he just kind of sort of, in his own terms, like remember in the uh, the Chappelle show it was, they had the Obama translator, right? Like if you had a Vogel translator here, and he, he basically, you know, we are struggling to contain quick, deep shooting guards with this year's personnel. That's basically like the translator would step in and say, I hate these memes. <laughs> That's what would be going on right there with Frank. And his thoughts on this team. So the Lakers basically gave Frank Vogel a one-year extension and a roster that doesn't fit his personality and his coaching style at all. And so it kind of makes you wonder, like, was he involved in that process at all? Like, was was, was he asked about, like, the, the additions and subtractions that they were making? And if not, that's a championship head coach. Why the hell not? Another red flag for me when it came to how the Lakers felt about Frank Vogel here was they brought in David Fisdale. And yes, Fisdale is somebody who I'm sure LeBron spoke up for uh, personally, given their relationship. And I'm sure that uh, you're, you're talking about somebody who is really well regarded across the NBA. So the Lakers saw him as an addition even in a vacuum, you know, not not including uh, LeBron James speaking up for him. But also, it's hard not to look at him as a potential replacement, especially when you consider that addition attached to just the one-year extension for Vogel. And and again, we're going to talk about, you know, the, the, the term scapegoating here in a bit, but this is something that's worth keeping an eye on here is you, you do all of these things and sure, like one by one you say, I mean, I guess not the, the one that's inexplicable completely honestly is uh, not extending Vogel for longer. But then on top of that, 
that is compounded by this roster. And it's a roster that he was never going to like very much. And then you add to that the addition of Fisdale and his relationship with LeBron. With LeBron. And again, it's just like it, it, isolated from each other. They just, you know, they are what they are. But when you attach them to each other, that's when the, 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 the red flags become a little more difficult to not pay attention to. Here's the thing about firing Vogel, though. It doesn't fix anything. Sure, it'll help around the margins if they get a coach that thinks a little bit more along the lines of the way that this roster was put together. But it's a bad roster. Like, bringing in a new coach is polishing a turd. The turd is still there. This roster is just not good. Uh, and, and, and look, we've, we've gone over this before. I can go over it again. But it was too guard-heavy. And it is not nearly enough. There are not nearly enough wings on there. The entire de- team is just riddled with poor defenders. Like at best, if you're thinking that like Kendrick Nunn is going to improve your defense, I'm sorry, man. It's a bad defense. It's a bad roster. If you're thinking that Taylor Horton Tucker can come in and, and defend wings, he's 6'4. He's long and he's sturdy, but he's 6'4. Like that's not, and he's 21, not even yet, right? You're thinking, oh, yeah, Trevor Ariza will step in here, and he'll fix her. He's 36. And sure, he wasn't coming off of foot surgery in the offseason when they signed him, but he was 36 then. <laughs> so, like, so, yeah, they, can, they will. I'm telling you guys right now, Frank Vogel, I don't think he makes it to December. I don't think he may, well, maybe not to December, but I, I don't think he's around by Christmas. And I think, it, you know, they're, they're going to struggle in this upcoming stretch of games, and if they aren't very competitive— you know, I look, the Blazers weren't exactly lighting the world on fire and they just obliterated the Lakers over the weekend. And, and so like if, if they continue to be that kind of not competitive, then Vogel is going to, to be given his walking papers. And again, it's not something that like, you know, came out of nowhere either. If you've been paying close attention, this was always on the table, if not outright likely. Like once they gave him that one year deal, that was the Lakers basically saying, eh, come or go. It's your call. And yeah, it, it, that, that's just how this is going to go. And, and I'll tell you what the most disappointing aspect of all this is. The Lakers had an identity. The Lakers had an identity that won a championship. It was a hard-nosed defensive team that beat the shit out of you and then got out and ran. And it was surrounded, it was, it was LeBron surrounded by good defenders who knew their role on offense, filled that role on offense, and, and played well enough on offense to let their defense do the talking. And maybe it was an outlier year because of the way things went down. Like one of my running theories when it comes to the bubble is that, like, if you have a shooter, who is a shooting specialist, right? Who isn't very good on defense. And then all of a sudden you, uh, you put non-shooters into a situation where they become better shooters and they become better players, right? And, and that's kind of what we saw where everybody's field goal percentage went way up in an empty gym with different depth perception. Like everybody started shooting the bottle significantly better there. And I'm not saying that the Lakers... Um, are, 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 you know, their title deserves an asterisk or anything like that. Everybody played under those circumstances, and the Lakers won that championship. They won a championship in a year 
or a season that extended longer than a calendar year. It's like they, they, they totally deserve that championship. And, and, and it'll go down, honestly, as one of my favorite championships of all time because I really, really liked that team as it came together. And they won that championship and immediately, immediately went away from that identity. They bring in Dennis Schroeder for Danny Green. Schroeder doesn't fit that, but he was a, he was a decent defender, but he doesn't know his role. He, he, he definitely didn't welcome the best role for him on that Lakers team. He always should have been coming off of the bench. Like that's, that's, that's the role that Dennis Schroeder plays on a successful NBA team in 2020 or 2021 now. Right. And now like Boston is a mess. I'm not saying that Boston is successful now, but OKC was in a, a group of overachievers. Dennis Schroeder probably had his best year as a pro in that, in that situation. He came off the bench and then he immediately went away from the thing that made him successful, demanded to start. Then the Lakers bring in Montrez Harrell, who isn't a hard nosed defender. And, you know, I, I think he, he more understands his role on offense but his role on offense isn't one that really helps the Lakers in any real significant way. He doesn't space the floor. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a good pick-and-roll player, very good finisher at the rim, but not the kind of finisher that JaVale and Dwight were the year prior. And, and so, like, that, that hurts you there. Then they bring in Andre Drummond, who, again, didn't buy into the concept of a team and uh, demanded to start. He wouldn't sign with the Lakers, apparently, if, if, he, if he wasn't going to start. That rubbles Marcus Saul's feathers. And, and that was just, again, it was just getting further and further away from the identity that won the Lakers a championship a year, like <laughs> a month before that. And now, look, they went through injuries, and that season was probably damned from the get-go because of what the league was asking the Lakers to do with their bodies that season. So maybe it doesn't matter. But then this year, they go even further away from that identity. They basically say, like, all right, all those things that made us successful two years ago and won us a championship two years ago, F all of that. We're not going to play defense. Nope. We're going to, you know, we're going we're gonna to try to get out and run. Well, you know what you got to do to run? You got you to gotta get stops. You got to get rebounds. And they're doing neither of those things. And, and like, I, look, I, things are going to improve with Russell Westbrook just because, like, he's at rock bottom kind of, sort of. But he's not the kind of player that, the Lakers, you know, was 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 uh, a a two thousand and nineteen twenty Laker. Like he he wouldn't have fit in on that team. He just that's not the kind of player that Russell Westbrook is. He doesn't he he's not committed to defense. He's committed to Russell Westbrook. That's 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 his game, and and so for where the Lakers find themselves now, they ditched the identity that won them a championship, which by the way, like if you ditch the identity that wins you a championship, that means you didn't understand what won you a championship. And it kind of takes away from the credit that you get for winning that championship because you didn't understand what made you valuable in the first place. So like, it's just, and, and the way that this all plays out, Frank Vogel was a part of that identity and they, and, and they didn't acknowledge his value there. You know, we already did. We don't have to bring up Alex Caruso again. You know, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you know, Danny Green from the year prior. They send all these guys out, and they just completely rip apart a championship-winning team, and they never really give them the opportunity to, to, to repeat. <laughs> it was just, all right, thanks for that one, guys. Best of luck moving forward. And here we are. And here, like, I'm telling you guys right now, Frank Vogel 
probably has about a month, maybe a couple months left as he in his time as head coach of the Lakers. And when he gets fired, I'm telling you, it won't address what ails the Lakers currently. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Things to keep an eye on uh, on SilverScreenRoll.com right now. There are a few articles that I, I, I think you guys should uh, read. Uh, Jacob Rude wrote a, a good article here, a column about uh, the fact that, yes, the Lakers have dealt with injuries, but they haven't exactly done much to convince us that things are going to get better as they get healthier. Uh, Harrison Fagan wrote a great article about why the Lakers need to bench DeAndre Jordan, which again gets back to Frank Vogel isn't blameless here. Uh, there are things he could be doing to put the Lakers in a better spot here. Uh, and, and, and then <laughs> I just like the headline... Uh, from the recap over the, uh, on Saturday night where Harrison said, uh, well, this sucks. So great work, Harrison, on that headline. Until tomorrow, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good day.